When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 5460, the Joe West Podcast. Featuring former Major League Baseball umpire Joe West. For six decades, no one has seen more baseball than Joe West. And now he shares those stories with you every week right here on the Podcast Heat Network. is asking the Reds to leave the field. I guess maybe as a form of security. Well, Joe West is not going back behind the the catcher. So what is he doing? He he wants to throw him out or what? He's not going to back away from confrontation. It's just not in his makeup. Which guy are we talking about back in the way? Well, come to think of it, hey, it's both guys. And they're warning the Atlanta dugout now. A helmet came flying out. Bobby Cox, I don't think, threw the helmet. One of his players did. Bobby's jawing back at Joe West. But somebody's been tossed, and here comes Cox. It was Bobby Cox who threw the helmet out there. Off the umpire, and that's a foul ball. Joe West gets drilled, and he appears none the worse for it. He's a strong man. (laughs) Nice. Now Joe's going to give him some argument because Mark's saying, why do you do? Joe, just get over there and umpire, will you? Just get over there and umpire. That's all. It's 5460, the Joe West Podcast. Here's Joe West and your host, Mike Claiborne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of 5460, the Joe West Podcast. I'm Mike Claiborne, and we have a special guest, a person who's seen a lot and done a lot in the National Football League, and he is responsible for a lot of guys being able to get on the field, and he is Roddy Barnes, the trainer for the New York Giants and a good friend of Joe West. All right, Ronnie, first of all, thank you for joining us. How far do you and Joe West go back? Because I believe you guys from, are from the same neck of the woods. We are. I'm from Wilson, North Carolina. Joe, I believe, is from Greenville. And uh, Joe was at East Carolina when I was a freshman. Uh, and he was a, a, a darn good quarterback, I think. Um, but <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, he transferred. I think he wanted to get a you know an elite education at Elon College. He didn't <laughs> want to stay at East Carolina, where we were a teacher's college, you know, with and and a sports medicine program. So anyway, we were undergraduates together at East Carolina uh, in the seventies. Yeah, it was a special time, and I can remember when uh, when Mike McGee uh, came to my house and offered me a full scholarship, and he told my parents, he said. Uh, I'll pay for his room, 
his board, his books, his meals. And my mother said, hold it just a minute. You'll pay for his meals? And Mike McGee said, well, yes, ma'am. And she looked at me and said, you will play football. <laughs> so, but you came, you came over from Wilson and your, uh, your coach at Wilson was uh, Blackie Trevathan. And you played with, uh, you were on that, uh, I guess you worked with them over there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Athletic trainer, yeah. And uh, you had some great football players there. You had Dan Killebrew and Carlesta Crumper is still our friend. He played, uh, uh, he was All-American at East Carolina. He was one of the best running backs, one of the best athletes I ever saw in my life. And uh, I know he's still a close friend of yours. And I want to congratulate you for being inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And Thanks. that's a wonderful you, honor that you, just, that you just received. And But you were also inducted into the Athletic Trainers Hall of Fame. Tell us a little bit about that because that that would be really special. Well, you know, uh, I think uh, induct being inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame was extremely special because I haven't lived in North Carolina uh, since probably 1975 or 76. However, um, I get I get back there often, so that 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 was a great honor, and to be honored by you know folks back home uh, was, was a thrill, and to have almost a hundred people there that I knew. Uh, extremely special. Athletic Training Hall of Fame, uh, certainly great. Um, I thought that, um, uh, you know, I worked a lot on all kinds of committees to advance the profession of athletic training and to protect athletes. Uh, so that that was, a, as you say, that was a very special honor. Um, uh, now I'm starting to get, you know, Lifetime Achievement Awards. So I think <laughs> that, 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 that means that the, the, the final chapter is being written at this time, for sure. Uh, hey, you Ron mentioned Mike McGee, and I, I just want to tell you, it's interesting because Mike McGee came to Wilson and he recruited Carlester Crumpler uh, to, uh, to play at East Carolina. He was recruited all over the, the country. Uh, I traveled with him to Florida State. Um, but but what Mike McGee did, and he was a, a Duke University standout um, a, as a player uh, and had played in the NFL and then and came to East Carolina. I think it might have been his first head coaching job, but but essentially he offered Henry Trevathan or Blackie uh, a job. And and Coach Trevathan uh, brought about uh, eight or nine of, of our players from our high school championship team and me. Uh, and Mike McGee gave me a scholarship as well. Now, when Sonny Randall got there, he said, how can this be now? There's a, a athletic trainer taking a football scholarship. I don't understand that. So he took it away. But I, 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 I was able to find the money someplace. Well, yes. Ronnie, for you as a trainer, um, first of all, I remember you when you first started with the New York Giants and you were the first person of color to be able to assume that role. How did you get into training? Because that's something that's, that's truly an acquired taste because there's so many things people can do in the world of sports. A lot of them play, some umpire, but training is something that's very unique. So how did you get involved? Well, I would say that I was not a very good athlete, certainly not a quarterback like Joe, you know, and I was a bit of a runt. So, uh, but I, I was very interested in sports and, um, and Gus Andrews, who was a football coach, uh, uh, at my junior high school said, you know, I went to NC State, the head athletic trainer at North Carolina State has a program in the summer. 
and I'd like you to go. You said you keep hanging around the team, you know, and, and so I, you, you, if you, you could become a student athletic trainer for, for uh, not only the junior high school, but the high school uh, Wilson Pike. So every summer I would go off and take these courses, how to tape ankles, how to treat a sprained ankle. And because there were no full-time athletic trainers. So that's how I got my start and uh, went to East Carolina. And they had the very first um, sports medicine athletic training program in the state. And uh, so I was fortunate that I landed there. I was looking at other schools, got accepted at other schools. Um, but clearly I knew from an early age what I wanted to do. Uh, and I followed um, other professionals, especially college athletic trainers. I knew all their names. Uh, and so it, um, I've been fortunate to, to get into a field like that and stick with it uh, and to get an undergraduate degree in it, a graduate degree in it. And, and to move quickly to the to the National Football League. Yeah, but you were also very good. I mean, and you and you had enough guts to tell the coach, I can't send him back in. You, yeah. that, that's the hardest part of your job is when Bill Parcells looks over and says, Ronnie, can he go back in? And you have to tell him no or, or tell him yes, either way. But the, I mean, so you made you made a name for yourself and everybody respects you. Everybody that I've ever told that I, that I know you, they, they go, really, you know him, you know? So, uh, I mean, I'm really proud to be your friend and to, to know you all these years. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's a wonderful thing that you have joined us today. Cause this is awesome. Psst. Who's going to take care of your family. If something happens to you, what would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to goliathlife.com. And you get, you can, I mean, I, I can remember when I had knee surgery and, uh, and Dr. Connell said, uh, well, if you were a football player, I'd send you right back in. So I went right back to work, not thinking anything of it. You know? With a big swollen knee, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the point being, uh, he's he's able to go do his job. And then, then you have to look at the athlete who doesn't want to go back in because he feels like he's going to hurt himself. There's a lot to your job that a lot of people don't understand. And, and uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you put it all together and you separate, okay, do I send him back in or do I don't send him back? I mean, it's, it's just amazing that the decisions you had to make are just as important as the head coaches. So I applaud you for everything you've done over the years. Well, thank you. And you know, we've made tremendous advances in sports medicine. Uh, I, I, I say the MRI is the most revolutionary thing that could happen uh, because we could physical exam the athlete, examine them, uh, but we we didn't exactly know without either um, uh, operating on them. And we didn't have the arthroscope. So I say the arthroscope, you know, scoping the knee or scoping the shoulder and the uh, at least in our game and the MRI really helped us take care of athletes uh, the, the way they should be taken care of. And, and I've always wanted to do the right thing. I, I don't know whether that's part of my North Carolina roots and my parenting, but always do the right thing for, for the athlete. Um, and I, I could tell you an interesting story about uh, Joe Morris. He played for us uh, as, as a running back. 
and um, he had a concussion uh, in in a game prior to the game that we were in. He had recovered. Obviously, we know a lot more about concussions today than we did then. But we had uh, we sat him out a game, and he comes back to play, and um, and they ran him about thirty times. So he comes to the sideline and collapses, and um, and uh, you know we take him to the bench. Now we're thinking maybe it's his head, but he's hyperventilating. You know they've just they've exhausted him. So Parcells, we're sitting there and we're sitting on the bench with him. Parcells calls me to to come to the sidelines and he says um you said you see the scoreboard i said yeah he says we're losing he says and if you don't get joe morris back in the game it'll be your fault so i said well, what do you want to do kill him so he chases <laughs> me he says no but i'm gonna kill you don't <laughs> you ever say that to me but and we are great friends you know and he never really wanted to hurt anybody either but he was certain that it that he he probably exhausted Joe, and it had nothing to do with his head. But we were trying to figure it out. But you're absolutely right, Joe. Um, there, are, there have been tough decisions uh, throughout my career. Uh, and, of course, you rely on, on good doctors and, and good staff to help you make those decisions. And technology today is uh, it really makes it easier than when I started in the 70s and 80s, for sure. Ronnie, for you, um, you've been in this game for a long time, and, and football's a tough sport for sure. So are the players and so are the coaches. You just mentioned Bill Parcells, who's a good friend, and, and there is that, that other side to him as, when it comes to competition. But what about players? And, and the first guy that comes to mind that, when it, when it, that exudes toughness would be Lawrence Taylor. You saw him from the beginning to the end. What was it like to work with a guy like that who most people wouldn't be able to go back on the field, but he's Lawrence Taylor, and no matter what you said, he was going to do what he needed to do? You're absolutely right. Lawrence was here today and talking to our team, um, and Lawrence lived on the edge. He was an incredible player, as you know. Uh, see ball, get ball. I mean, he those quarterbacks feared Lawrence. He had the, he'd, he'd, not, he'd get the ball out all the time. Well, uh, you had to protect Lawrence from himself, and we still have those – kinds of athletes. Um, uh, you, you know, it's, it's interesting. A story I can tell about him is late in his career towards Achilles tendon. And the doctor wanted to put him in a boot um, for, for a month. Well, in about 10 days after he had the surgery, he was in cowboy boots. He walked in to see the doctor. So the doctor said, I told you to be in the surgical boot. He said, doctor, this is a boot. If you treat this tender, it'll heal tender. So, you know, and, and he revolutionized the way that we treat Achilles tendons that, that you know, you if you protect it, you can load it. And uh, rather than putting it in a cast or, you know, or uh, a, a, a boot, a surgical boot. So uh, very interesting. Lawrence, um, probably one of the greatest athletes that, that I ever worked with. Uh, he was uh, extremely coachable. He was smart, um, and he loved the game, you know. Sometimes uh, today I, I wonder whether uh, some athletes uh, come stay in the game for the money or do they stay in the game because they love it. Uh, and Lawrence, I, I can tell you unequivocally, loved the game of football, uh, very coachable. And, and, you know, he had his trials and tribulations during that period of time. Um, but everybody stuck by him. We helped him. And uh, and and today, when he, he I, I got a big smile on my face. He and O.J. Anderson uh, came to the to talk to the team, uh, and it was uh, it was great to see him. 
he's well, taking up golf, as you know. And and so if you're ever looking for Lawrence, it's probably on the golf course and with Joe West, you know. Well, that'll be that'll be good because I could use some extra money. <laughs> <laughs> Being retired and all, yeah, I, I got you. I didn't I didn't make the amount of money that he, that he did. So. <laughs> Hey, what about Parcells? I mean, uh, he, he's a tough hombre. You told us one story about him. And, and that relationship between coach and, and trainer has to be a, a very bonded one, I would assume, because you have to be as honest as anyone, and, and, and he's got to hear it from you. Yeah, absolutely. And he was that way. I, I would say that what you saw on television um, was, uh, was uh, theatrics. Uh, because he was a he really was a caring guy. He cared about his players. Um, it's interesting. We were uh, we were going for our first Super Bowl in '86, and Parcells um, would uh, make me uh, or say, "Ronnie, we're leaving at five in the morning." I said, "Coach, the game is at one, or the game is at three. We're leaving at five. So we would. He said, "Be on the curb at five, and we'd go off to the stadium, and we'd sit and talk and bond." Um, certainly, uh, uh, that, that was an awful lot of fun, but prior to the Super Bowl in 86, we go for breakfast. So I can see he's twitching and he's a little bit nervous. And I said, what are you worried about? You worried about Elway? He said, wouldn't you be? I said, no, we're going to chase him out into the parking lot. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, those are moments in, in professional sports, you know, that, that people don't hear about, don't know about, but. That, that was a great moment. Uh, he wrote in his book, he said, I was as smart as a Cosby kid. So I, I assume he found me intriguing. Um, and, and we had a great relationship. Uh, very, very, very good. Uh, once Lawrence Taylor um, was uh, late coming to the game, I don't know whether he overslept, maybe it was out the night before, we were on the road. And, um, and um, Parcells was the head coach and Tom Coughlin, who we also won some Super Bowls with, and who's also a great man, uh, said to uh, to uh, Bill Parcells uh, in the locker room, I'm there, I said, you know, LT's here, and he looks fine, everything's good. And uh, Tom said, you're not going to play him today, are you? Bill said, take that someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to take my best defensive player off the field if you lost him, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's it, looking back on all those times. Uh, you were at uh, East Carolina with with Carl Esther yes. and Sumrell. Yes. Uh, Danny Kepley was there. Danny Kepley played in the Canadian League. Yes, you know, he was MVP up there. Yeah. I don't know how many years he was a great defensive ball player, and uh, it was just a tremendous time for East Carolina because that was. Probably their best teams ever were, were those years that you were there and you got to experience it. But then you you left there and went to graduate school. Where, where was it? At uh, Michigan State. University. Michigan State, yeah. yeah. And, and they offered me a job because when I left East Carolina, I graduated and I stayed on as their first assistant athletic trainer. They'd never had one. So I stayed for two years uh, and, um, and Michigan State recruited me through John McVeigh. John McVeigh, um, uh, who was a, a, a um, it was the grandfather of the current McVeigh for the Rams, um, heard about me through um, uh, some some folks and recommended me to Michigan State. 
And so he wasn't with us, but he also is responsible for helping me get to the Giants. But John McVay was all, was help was had heard about me, recommended me to go to Michigan State. I went there, took a job as the uh, uh, assistant football trainer, eventually becoming the head football trainer, and um, and and got a graduate degree. Uh, and I really um, it's the first time I ever left North Carolina, you know, to, for an extended period of time. I thought that. I, my car would be buried in snow and, and no one would ever hear from me again. Um, but but um, that that's that's true. I, I went there, it the greatest time of my life. I, Magic Johnson uh, was there when I was there. Uh, Kirk Gibson was there. Kirk played uh, on our football team. He was a, a flanker um, and, and, and one of the great greatest athletes that, that I've ever met as well. You know, I, I put Lawrence Taylor, Kirk Gibson, uh, maybe o, uh, uh, um, Odell Beckham Jr. These are just very phenomenal athletes. You can do anything. Dunk a basketball, you know, hit a home run, um, catch a touchdown pass. And so I don't know if you know Kirk, but he was he was arrogant. He was cocky, you know, but 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 he was there while I was there. And uh, he he later, uh, well, he he helped the Dodgers uh, yeah. win the World Series uh, the year that uh, Hershiser had his great year pitching, uh, yeah. and he only had one at bat that whole World Series, if you remember. And yeah, he had that's right. Run. Yeah. And uh, Joe, did you ever run him? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I called him out on strikes. He threw his bat. I said, "That's a hundred. He threw his. He threw his gloves. I said, that's 200. He threw his helmet. I said, that's enough. Gone. <laughs> and the but summer, was, the summer prior was, to, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. He was, he was a competitor. Oh, he, he was rough, tough, and he'd get mad at his own players if they didn't compete. He was, he was quite, he had the football mentality. I'll give him that. Hey, folks, I'm glad you're listening today and having a chance to listen to Joe and our favorite guests we have on. But I want to talk to you about something else. You know, it's that time of the year where guys are getting a little frisky about different things and they want to make sure they can perform on the field and in other rooms of the house, if you know what I mean. That's where Blue Chew comes in. And this is something, Joe, that we have had a chance to talk about. And Blue Chew is something that we need to let everybody know that can really help them in a lot of different areas. Well, the coolest thing about Blue Chew is it's an online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And the chewable tablets are there at a fraction of the cost of the other stuff. You can take them anytime, day or night, just to get yourself ready for your performance later on. Or anytime. That's the great thing about it. You don't have to set the clock. You can just go when you go. But, you know, here's the deal. So for people who've never heard of Blue Chew, let me explain to you how it works. You just go to bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll see your prescription in, in about a few days. It doesn't take that long. It's a, it's a quick turnaround. And the best part about it is you're doing everything online. Just like you're listening to this show, it's online. No doctor's office visits. No awkward conversations about what do you think or I've got a little problem. And, you know, the neatest thing is you never hear your name called in a pharmacy line at the, at the, at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the U.S., and they're prepared and shipped to you direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you want more information, just check them out, bluechew.com, and you'll find out that you will have a lot in common with the postman after a while. 
You'll also find out that first impressions, they are important. But with Blue True, I can guarantee you this, it'll make a lasting impression. And that's what this is all about. So it's time to get off the couch, fellas. Let's get in the ball game. You, you're messing up. You're wasting too much time. Just thinking about it. Blue Chew will get you moving in the right direction. And I do mean up. You know, a great songwriter once wrote, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And of course, you probably have never heard of him. It was me. But the Blue Chew is free when you use our promo code, Joe West, at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping and the BlueChew.com promo code Joe West to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. I used to kid him a lot. I'd say, you're the first Los Angeles Dodger I ever saw hit a cutoff man. And he'd go, really? I said, yeah, it's because your arm's not good enough to throw it over their head. <laughs> then he'd call me a couple of days. <laughs> so, but he was a great player. And uh, and he and he actually was a good manager. I'll never forget he was – his first year, he managed the Diamondbacks, and they, and they make the playoffs, right? And uh, and Craig Council's first year was with the the Brewers, and they made the playoffs. So I got these guys in in the playoffs, and we go to home plate, and and Kurt's really pumped up, and he says, he looks at Council, and he says, you know, uh, I had I have my guys that I, I look up to that that uh, are my mentors at, at this and that, and he says, who was your mentor? And uh, Council said. Uh, Somebody from the Brewers or is Brewers organization? I can't remember right now. And he said, uh, he said who his mentor was. And he looked at the plate umpire, and the plate um uh, the plate <laughs> the plate umpire said he said who's your mentor? And he said Joe West. And Kurt says you kiss ass <laughs> before the game started. <laughs> well, that that uh, while I was at Michigan State, um, I got to work with basketball as well. I went with the team. Um, to South America. We played, oh, cool. um, we went to Brazil and we played uh, and some other South American teams and um, and Coach Heathcote took me there because I could speak Spanish. I could say cerveza to get him a beer, you know? Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Although in Brazil, you know, they speak uh, Portuguese, but nonetheless, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. And that that year we won the national championship basketball uh, with Larry Bird in Salt Lake City. So I've been in the right place at the right time to do a lot of wonderful things. Yeah. So, yeah. so Ronnie, you, you, you have four Super Bowls, a national championship belt under your title. What else do you have? Uh, not to mention multiple halls of fame. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I have good health and, uh, and a, a great job here, here at the Giants. I, I love it. Um, and they've allowed me to grow a program uh, and to take care of our athletes and have a good staff. So, you know, I've just been very fortunate and had a charmed career for sure. And you have friends all over the country. And, yeah. I, and I'm tickled to death that uh, that you've included me as one of them. So yeah, I think you are close to them. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's amazing because, um, you know, with the Yankees being here in New York and I watch and I say, oh, that's 
Joe West, you know, I, I went to college with him. I didn't realize that umpires were so popular. Everybody went, hey, what, can I meet him? You know, I, I thought, it's just Joe West, you know. <laughs> but a uh, phenomenal career you had as well, you know. Yes, hey, absolutely. Ronnie, for you, um, as I mentioned, getting into training is, is a unique venture. Uh, what's the best advice you, you give people? Because sports medicine, as we know, it has grown exponentially over the last few years. You talk about some of the medical procedures that have really helped get athletes back onto competition. But what advice would you give young people who want to take this on as a profession? Well, certainly uh, education, education, education is so important. Uh, if you, uh, I think if you want to, um, everybody wants to come to the pros, but athletes all over need care. They need it at the high school level, secondary school level, um, junior college level, college level. Uh, but certainly ch choose an institution uh, that has a, an excellent curriculum, um, finish, get a master's, possibly even add physical therapy to it. Um, I would have done that, except my career took off. So I'm an athletic trainer, but even being dual credential as an athletic trainer and physical therapy therapist is a great route. Um, and uh, and get involved. I, I think uh, do some observation, um, call an athletic trainer at a college or even at the professional ranks and shadow them. Uh, and then then, it, you know, become a sponge, uh, get absorbed in 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 the medical arts because uh, it's changing every day. We're making so many advances in medicine. I sit on the board uh, at the hospital for special surgery, uh, the number one uh, orthopedic hospital in the United States. And, and just watching the advances in um, say joint replacement and joint replacement rehabilitation and the materials, you know, how they 3D print things so that they can try out um, the, the, uh, the, the orthosis or the, the joint before they put it into a human being. It's just amazing. So uh, I think it's a, a wonderful field to go into. I, I, I know that uh, young people who, who get, who, who really are interested in science and medicine will enjoy it. And you get to go to games for free. That's the part I like. <laughs> hey, Joe, you know all those words Ronnie just threw at us. We may have to take a night course to figure out what he was saying. <laughs> yes, way above our – Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have no chance. I mean, you, you, use the, you use those big words around me all the time, and I get lost. <laughs> Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, Ronnie, before we get out of here, you, you worked around so many great athletes. You talk about some of the tough ones you work with. Uh, who are some of the guys that really amused you that you've gotten to know over the years? And maybe because they understood maybe what they were dealing with was serious and they tried to keep the room loose. But who are some of the people who really made Ronnie Barnes look forward to coming to work every day? Well, I'll tell you, Eli Manning is, is just an incredible man. You know, it's dry sense of humor. Uh, he comes from a remarkable family. People, uh, you know, I know Archie. I know all his brothers. And that 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 made you want to come to work just because of who he was and 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 what he stood for. And you know that um, he he never really missed a game. He had plantar fasciitis when he played. 
Um, and and that that was a challenge to treat, but never really missed a game. Uh, you, I don't know if you know uh, Jason Seahorn, played at the University of Southern California. He was a defensive back. Um, just a great person and a great conversationalist. And, you know, it's all about, it's a people business, and it's all about the people. And, and that's incredible. Um, uh, young uh, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, what you see, he, he's a hard worker. He's committed. Uh, he's done some pretty wacky things on the sidelines and everything else. But if you really know him, he's got a wonderful heart. He loves the game and he's a competitor. And I think that competitor part is a part that we like about athletes. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, 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 com they compete to see, you know, who can get into the parking lot faster. They compete to see who can eat a bag of potato chips first, whatever it might be. You know, it's that that's the part that I love. Uh, there, there have been, it, it's hard to name all the great folks, um, uh, you know, coaches, Parcells, you, you talked about, uh, Coughlin, um, it, just, uh, I, it's hard to single them out, but uh, it is uh, those relationships and that camaraderie and the bond that you have with them that makes this kind of job. And I'm sure the job that Joe had uh, extremely um, successful and productive. I want to throw this question at both you guys. Um, you guys are talking about the physical elements of the game. What about the mental element? Because, <clears throat> Ronnie, you have to make sure that you're on the same page with a guy who maybe needs a push or maybe a kick in the butt. And, Joe, you've had to do it over the course of the years to be able to communicate with players and umpires and even crew members. So how important for both you guys has the mental challenge of being in sports come into play? Well, well, go ahead, John. I think um, through experience, and I can say this because I was lucky enough to work with two Hall of Fame umpires. Uh, one of them was Doug Harvey, and uh, I've told this story many times. His biggest, his best piece of advice he ever gave me was, "Don't let them ruin your day." And uh, what he meant by that was. Like, don't, don't get angry, don't get upset, think about what you're doing, do your job. If, if the player or somebody gets out of line, get rid of them. Uh, he said, but uh, don't let them ruin your day. And this happened specifically because I called ball four on Dave Kingman, who was playing with the Mets. And he said something smart about a pitch that was two pitches earlier. And I chased him to first base, screaming at him. <laughs> And between him and Doug Harvey walked down and says, don't let them ruin your day. If he does something to get, you know, thrown out, throw him out. But don't let them ruin your day. And from that point on, it was like a light went on, you know. And this comes from experience and, and making mistakes and now trying to correct them and so on and so on. Which in, in Ronnie's case, is, his, is, his are life and death situations. Mine is just going to kick a guy out of a ball game, But the... The point, the point is that through experience and what you do, you need to learn from it every time out there. And when you get to where you think you know it all, you're way out of whack. So you, you need to be believing that I can learn something new every day. And I think uh, if I was going to give umpires advice that don't let them ruin your day would be the first thing I would tell them. But uh, for the, for the most part, it's, it, it's going over things, Time and time again, and of course, each athlete that you deal with has a different injury. So it may be it may be a little different for Ronnie than it was for me. But 
I was I was very lucky. I worked with a lot of experienced umpires when I first came up, and I came up at a very young age. My first game in the big leagues, I was only 23. And so I was I was very lucky to have a lot of veteran people trying to mold me into what they thought I should be, and I was very fortunate. Well, you know, I've been it's been said, I think George Young told me this when I first came into the National Football League, and he was the general manager for the team. <clears throat> he said, this is not a game for the well-adjusted. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, we, you know, we work crazy hours. Um, the athletes bang their heads and, and bodies against each other. It's collision sport. Um, and, and it's tough to do this job sometimes. And it, athletic trainers have forever been father, confessor, doctor, nurse, parent, advisor, um, and, and even uh, uh, mental health specialists uh, at times. So clearly, um, you know, you, you talk about uh, kicking somebody in the butt. I, I think it is, uh, for, for a medical professional, it's more of trying to um, persuade someone uh, that you know what's best for them and how you can help them. Uh, to achieve their goals, and along the way, giving them some uh, lifetime advice or, or experiential uh, advice that that um, that you you know advising them about mistakes you've seen other players make and how they might take this path rather than another path. Um, and, and I brought up mental health, and and, and that's so important. We we now have a, a mental health clinician on the team. Um, and uh, all of us need a little help every once in a while, and athletes do as well. And and um, and I, I think that's been wonderful for sports um, because when when the coach yelled at them and the umpire yelled at them, uh, then sometimes they and and they and they're reading their social media. Sometimes they need somebody to talk to. So if it's not the athletic trainer, it might be the the, the uh, uh, mental health health uh, person on staff. Uh, and I think we'll see more of that. I'm so happy uh, that all the sports leagues are uh, are looking towards mental health and helping players understand the stressors that go with sport and the stress of being at a high level, whether it be in basketball, baseball, football. Yeah, there's no question about that. We had a we had a guy that was in charge of medical services for the umpires, and he just retired a couple of years ago. Named Mark Latant. And his big thing was he wanted you to have a quality of life when you got out of the job. Now, granted, when a football player gets out of the job, he gets out a lot younger than most umpires would. But his big thing was, I want you to have a good quality of life when you leave here. I don't want you to be crippled. I don't want you to be walking with a cane. And, and that was his big thing. And that's a lot about what you're talking about here is, is uh, using – the experience you've had with other athletes or whether it be other umpires or whatever to make sure their quality of life when they leave the sport is as good as it can be. And I've, I've read articles about you, Ronnie, on the internet where some of the players just adore you because you took care of them and got them back where they could walk, where they could run, where they could, where they could be, you know, uh, part of their family again. So uh, you need to be applauded for that too. And I don't, I don't think, these players can thank you enough because I, I know how much they love and respect you. So I'm really proud of you for that. Thank you, Joe. 
Well, Ronnie, it's been a pleasure, <clears throat> excuse me, to have you on 5460, the Joe West podcast. And uh, we wish you and the Giants nothing but the best of luck and health this year. And uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to get, to get get together and do this again down the road. Well, thank you for having me. I look forward to being on with you again. All right. Thanks. He's. He, he He's Ronnie Barnes. He is the uh, head trainer for the New York Giants. I'm Mike Claiborne, and that's Joe West. This has been 5460, the Joe West Podcast, and we thank everybody for checking us out. Stay tuned. We'll have another great one coming your way next week here on the Joe West Podcast, 5460. Thank you for listening. Baby took me to the ballpark to see a baseball game. Lord, it had to be at least 99 in the shade. I was stealing a glance at some tight short pants just as I turned my head. My baby grabbed me by the arm and this is what she said. If you cheat on me, you'll be out at home. If I catch you playing the field, you're gonna be long gone You better play it safe and don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me, you'll be out at home You've been listening to 5460, the Joe West Podcast, here on the Podcast Heat Network. Make sure to subscribe and don't miss an episode each and every Monday. We'll talk to you next week. She's checking all the signs While I'm enjoying two of the great American pastimes It's fouling up my nerve watching all these curves Remembering what she said to me And if I get caught looking it's gonna be strike three If you cheat on me, you'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field you're gonna be long gone You better play it safe don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me Well you'll be out at home If you cheat on me You'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field You're gonna be long gone You better play it safe And don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me Well you'll be out at home If you cheat on me, you'll be out at home.